1: if you are international
0: and want to add that to your calendar so you don't have to do all the time conversions, head on over to lovereality.org slash circles and add the internet church circle to your calendar. Welcome back to The Move, where I've been through the book 10 minutes at a time. I'm your host, Justin Ku, And in today's episode, we're talking about that one time in the Bible where Abraham makes it pretty clear that he's against interracial marriage. If you're wondering what in the world we're talking about, we're looking at Genesis chapter 24, verses 1 through 9. Uh, my guest, as always, or may not always, but my guest for today's episode is, as always, the amazing Pastor Ben Williams. Pastor, good to see you. How you doing, you buddy? Too.
2: Great, great, great. You know,
0: <laughs> interracial marriage, uh, something that uh, is uh, very important in my life I'm very very grateful I remember watching that one film what was the it was like a court case something something. the the, the last name was Love where it was like there was this couple I want to say it was like in West Virginia or something like that where um Basically, they were at risk of going to prison because they were in an interracial marriage. And one of the things that I noticed over the last handful of years, when it came to my my career on YouTube, was that this actually was a question fairly often, which is weird for me because uh, you know, growing up in Southern California, it's a pretty diverse place. You know, I had friends of every kind of race, as it were, and interracial marriages or interracial relationships was a very normal thing, and yet. I would get this question on the YouTube Q&A side of things when people would ask, what does the Bible say about interracial marriages? And I'm wondering if they were thinking about this story. I never really put two and two together. I'm always like, why would people ask this question at all? But I guess there's kind of a precedent for it where it, it seems like through this narrative as well as other parts in the Bible where God's like, listen, don't marry outside of your clan. Um, that's that, I guess that is a thing. And so, uh, maybe this is the point of the passage. I don't know if it is or is not, but let's, let's talk about it. Interracial marriages. How do you feel about them? Pastor Ben is good thing, bad thing. What do you, what do you, what do
2: you think? I feel very positively about interracial marriages. (laughs) Okay. uh my, you know my my sister is married to a young man from kenya and i you know they they have a great relationship i love i love david i love callie so you know i'm i'm pro interracial marriages uh good, yeah. good to know for the yeah, record for the record for the record <laughs> and i think that the bible also is pro interracial marriages even though maybe abraham wasn't in this situation but i think that if we look closer at the story, and this is a thread that has been pulling throughout all of Genesis, is this keeping of a line so that the Messiah can come through it? And it's not as much about hmm. Abraham being like mm, the Canaanites—they're a different race than us, and we need pure bloods. No, like he's not like he's not one of those. Like he's not crazy. Like, but he's okay. actually he's actually just realizing that there has been a curse that's been laid upon the Canaanites. The Canaanites. Worship hmm. other gods at different times. The Canaanites have sacrificed children to these gods. These these Canaanites are are of a completely different spiritual place and practice. I don't think that hmm. you know if if the Canaanites were also people of God. I don't think Abraham would have at all had a problem with with uh, hmm. with his son marrying them. But the problem is is he there's this worry that if your children go and they start to mingle with other nations then it becomes a problem because then the spirituality of the nations will mix. And eventually what happens often, and we'll see this later in Genesis, and we'll see it throughout the entire Bible, when the people of Israel go and they start to intermarry with people of other faiths, they start to follow the other faiths instead of God. And so this isn't at all about hmm. the race as, as much it is about trying to keep Isaac away from being an idolater. Hmm. Th-
0: th- this is interesting because you see in previous stories, it's just like... Abraham is so willing to kind of compromise mm-hmm. for what's expedient and yeah. it seems like he's starting to learn his lessons so much to the point where it's like he really wants his son to get married but if he can't find the right person from the right kind of like mm-hmm. I don't know uh, selection pool he's like all right well then you know you don't you don't have to like take this this vow of finding my my son a partner so seriously yeah. like he's willing to let go it seems like of the things that he wants in order to maintain mm. some resemblance to principle
2: Yeah. And there's also some level of of faith growth that we see here because back in the day, back, I don't know how many days ago it aired, but you and I, we talked about a place where Abraham had these questions and he had questions on, man, God, I'm not seeing this. Sorry. If you hear the chickens, they love to live. (laughs) They they basically live in my room. Basically. So beforehand, Abraham always was having this dichotomy of this this kind of like tension in his mind of, well, God promised this, but I'm not seeing it. And so now I need to compromise, like you said, to try and get the thing, because maybe or maybe not, God isn't actually going to be faithful to his promise. But here it's interesting Hmm. because Abraham is sitting there and he's thinking, God has told me that I'm going to be a person of many, many children. And right now I have Isaac, but I know that it needs to be extended. So that means that there is going to be a woman for Isaac. Okay, I know that. And I also know that I am supposed to have this land. So being in this land is important. And if it's important to God, then it's going to happen. So then when he's making this mm. oath to this to his oldest servant, there's no kind of fear in him that it's not actually going to come about. Like he's not afraid anymore. Mm. He's not like, well, I need to compromise and let Isaac go away. Or I need to compromise and let it be a Canaanite woman because who knows if God's going to come through. But this two stipulations that he has are stipulations that are being very strict to the word that God has already given him. He's saying, I don't need Mm. to actually worry because the promise is that there's gonna be many children and the promise is that this is my land. And so if Mm. I stay faithful to knowing that God's promise is good, then everything's gonna be okay. I don't need to like go out here and mess up my life and mess up the life of my son because I don't think God's faithful to his promise. And so there's been this Mm. huge faith journey. And this is, I think, I think I could be wrong. I think this is the last time Abraham, we actually have dialogue from him. And it's beautiful to see. I could be wrong. I don't know if I I had to, we'll (laughs) see later on. But there's this this beauty in the first few times we see Abraham, we see him struggling with, well, I don't know if God's actually faithful. So I need to step out and do it my own way. But here he's being, it's so clear Hmm. that he's come such a long way in his faith journey and says, now I don't need to compromise left or right because I know God's word is true and it's just beautiful hmm. to see it. It's like a it's like the end of the character arc, if you will. Like he's grown Absolutely. so much. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And what a cool way to kind of go out, right? Like Mm -hmm. the the testimony of your life. And I I love this that, you know, uh, Abraham's story is one where he's made a lot of mistakes. He's had a lot of triumphs like, and yet at the end of his life, he's able to come through it all kind of really learning the lessons that he was meant to learn. I, I love the way that the Bible is describing Abraham right now. It says that he's a very old man. And it says that the Lord had blessed him in every way like how cool of a, a, a way to go out like that's your testimony it's like god blessed you in every single way
2: yeah that's beautiful and you think about it too like from the beginning it's what god said he would do and i think it's really mm. cool to see that over and over abraham has done some done some dumb stuff if you've been listening i mean he's like given away his wife two different times like he's yeah. he's gone and he's gotten with a servant that really ruined his household for a long time, ruined his relationship with his wife. And there's just so many things that he's done wrong. And yet, since the beginning, God said, I am going to bless you with all of these things. And at the end, even though he's messed mm-hmm. up, I mean, let's say even just a conservative a thousand times in his life, <laughs> <laughs> he's come to this point and he can still look back, the Bible can still look back and say, God was faithful to his end, the end of his bargain, even when Abraham mm. so often wasn't. And it's a lot of courage to me because often I think back on these people and I say, yeah, they were blessed, they were blessed so much, mm. but they were blessed because he, he's the father of faith. He was, he was counted as righteous, but look at me. I mean, I mess up all of the time and realizing that right. the same reason why Abraham was still blessed even when he was unfaithful is the reason that I'm blessed when I'm unfaithful, and that's because it is Mm. all contingent upon the love and the faith of the father, not of Abraham always making the right decision. And it's just, it's comforting to me to know that in the same way that he remained blessed through the faithfulness of God, I can also remain blessed through the faithfulness Mm -hmm. of God, even when I mess up.
0: You know, I, I love that the passage talks about how like there's an angel that's going to go ahead of mm-hmm. you and like it's going to work on your behalf. Because, you know, those those of you guys who are listening who grew up in the same kind of faith context as Ben and I, we, ha- we might have been fed a version of... Like God's relating to us that was conditional on, it, did we do all the right things? Yeah. And I think about this one statement where it talks about how like when you go into the movie theaters, this is a, like an, apoc- I don't know, this is, this is a statement that's been quoted a lot of times in Adventist churches, right? Like you go to a movie theater, your angel waits outside. And it's like this fear-based idea that, you know, when you screw up, God abandons you and leaves you to your own device. Yikes. It's like, no, no, no. Abraham messed up a whole bunch, and yet God's angels are still working. Like God is still faithful, even when you screw up. And I don't know. It just—it's—I'm so glad that the Bible paints a different picture of who God is, Mm. and that he when the way that he relates to us is not conditional on us getting it right all the time. Like that's just so reassuring that we can have confidence, we can have faith that that we are okay, that we're held securely in the arms of God.
2: Yeah, and I think, and it's beautiful to just see that even though Abraham was the father of the faith since the beginning, like this revelation that we're talking about right now, it took him a while Mm -hmm. to get to.
1: And I think it's
2: experiences with God and experiences with faith, or even at times lack of faith that we actually build into this place. Like, I I, I don't want anyone to think that like right now you need to be perfect in your faith of like, oh yeah, I know God said it. So then I'm 100% and I'm never gonna lack because like you might, I might. Mm -hmm. But that Mm -hmm. even that, doesn't disqualify us from a growing relationship of faith with Jesus. And I mean, who knows, my, maybe by the end of our life, maybe by, if you're, you know, real strong, maybe by tomorrow, whenever it may be for you, like there's going to be a come time come time where you can look back and say, man, my faith has really grown in Jesus. And I'm able mm-hmm. to like, just trust him more. Because even at this mm-hmm. point, it's we're not even commending Abraham for making the right decision, I don't think. I think what I'm commending mm-hmm. him for is just believing that God's word is true. Because that's when I look at like a mountain of faith or like a like a like a huge patriarch of faith in the Bible or even that I've known, it's not about the mistakes they've made or haven't made or even in the moment. But it's about the person who's like, no, 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 God said this. And so I believe it. God said this. Mm -hmm. So I know it's true.
0: Yeah. So something that we've kind of stumbled across over the last ha- handful of months or, or whatever, for me has been a lesson where it's like, we don't have to put faith in our own faith. Yeah. And it's this idea that sometimes we think that I need to have more faith or I need to have stronger faith in order for things to come through in my life. It's like, no, no. When, you, when, when that's the paradigm where it's like, oh man, I need more faith. I need a stronger faith. We're, re- we're revealing that our faith is put in ourselves. Mm-hmm. Our faith is put in our own faith. And in what you're saying here is like, that's not at all the thing that we need to rely upon. We don't need to depend on. And this is why the lesson is like, listen, even if your faith is as small as a mustard seed, like this is kind of the, the, the point that Jesus is making is like, listen, your faith can be small and feeble and weak, but that's okay because it's not about your faith or the strength of your faith or the quantity of your faith. It's more important. What are you placing your faith yeah. in? Because if you're placing your faith in his word, then you can't go wrong. Yeah.
2: Because there's, I mean, that's where it's beautiful that our lives are hidden with Christ. Sorry, we're jumping way
0: ahead with that reference.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But our lives are hidden with Christ because it's no longer dependent upon me. It's no longer, I'm Mm -hmm. no longer the pillar of my own life or salvation. But my pillar is actually hidden somewhere where it is untouchable and unshakable, which is
0: in Jesus Christ absolutely hey before we go uh i was wondering if there's anything here there's a a really weird practice that i read in this passage Mm -hmm. where it's like you put your hand under the dude's thigh i I don't know if you've ever done that before is that is that something that you've done you've you stuck your hand under some dude's thigh and made a promise No, because that that just feels yeah no it's a
2: little weird i think in theology in theology school some like there was times where we would like joke around and like you'd like grab somebody's thigh and be like promise me something but yeah no it's it's kind of this it's it's kind it's a practice that was you know old and i As I was reading about it a little bit, there's not a huge amount written about it, um, but there is Mm. some, and it's just this idea of, I mean, Abraham's on his deathbed, and so he's kind of making a deathbed oath where Uh putting your hand under the thigh and under the thigh is less about like, I'm going to come after you, and it's more pointing to, if you break this oath, my children are coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <shoot. laughs> yeah, so so Abraham's like, I'm dying, so I guess the threat of me coming after you is not super great. So guess what? My kids will come after you, and your yours after me okay. if you if I break it. So, yeah, it's a little little Jeez. interesting, uh, little promise, little kid
0: battle, mm-hmm. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, now now now, now we, we know. know. So over the last handful of weeks, we've been letting you guys know about the book Free From Sin that Jonathan has just released. And one thing that we want to let you guys know is that we're actually gonna be starting a book club. So if you enjoy reading and going through books together as a team, we're actually gonna go at the pace of just like one chapter per week, which is really, really easy. The chapters are like four or five pages a piece. So it's really short reading. But if you want to be a part of a community that's kind of digesting these chapters and these concepts and discussing them together, then we'd love to have you. All you gotta do is text the word book club to the number 808-204-4372. That's 808-204-4372. Again, just text the word book club and we'll send you a link, let you know on Sunday mornings when the book club is starting.